Hi there. Thanks for joining me on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga and the creator of the Momentum Magic Method, the way to become a confident teacher who seamlessly shares cues and easily creates sequences, whose classes are transformational, not just transactions, who understands anatomy and who shares their passion in a unique and authentic way. On the podcast, you'll hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal growth because having a strong and healthy mindset is such an important piece of being a confident teacher. In addition to the podcast, follow me on Instagram and TikTok for daily videos on teaching topics. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Hi there. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 264. So I'm recording this on October 28th, and this will go live on October 30th, 2023. So we're headed towards the end of the month. And so I want to check with you, especially because once we get to the end of October, we're headed into the holiday season and the end of the quarter. And I want to just make sure that you are aware of that you have goals as a yoga teacher and that you are working towards them because I don't know I talk to a lot of yoga teachers and there's no fire under them there's no fire in their belly there's actually a lot of confusion over what I should be doing and there's a lot of sort of lukewarm statements like uh I'm always learning you know, and while I appreciate the sentiment of that, that is not a specific statement. You know, if we want to grow as yoga teachers, uh, what's really important to do is to make a really good assessment of what are the skills that we need to build and how are we going to get them? I kind of feel like I'm coming in hot here. I just started the podcast. Maybe I should have started with something a little bit lighter, but, you know, I was spurned on to this, to this, um, part of the conversation because it is the end of the month. And because, you know, I live with a fire under me all the time, a commitment to getting things done. And it's 100% driven by crystal clear clarity around what my mission is as a yoga teacher and a yoga teacher who develops yoga teachers to be confident and skilled and authentic. And so the clearer you are around your mission, honestly, you'll never say wishy-washy things like I'm always looking to grow. I mean, aren't we all looking to grow? So like, let's be specific about what is our mission. Each, you know, each teacher, you as a listener, what is your mission as a yoga teacher? Who do you love to help? Where do you love to help them? What do you want to do in terms of making an impact in the world? And are your classes, are your offerings meeting that? Because if they're not, we want to get you on track. Because once you close that feedback loop, and feedback's the wrong term, once you close that loop of here's what I love to do, here's you know kind of my secret skills, and I'm doing that you're helping people and the ripple effect is undeniable. They get the help, the people in their lives feel the benefit of that to that person. So it's just this full and complete circle. So, you know, let's let's get on this. November 1st is next week. 
You've got all of November and all of December. And please don't tell me you want to wait until January to embark upon something. You know, there are always going to be things going on in your life. And holidays are, are just holidays, right? So you can still get things done, even in the month of November, even in the month of December. You know, I had a conversation the other day with a teacher who's considering enrolling in my program. And she, she said that to me, she said, oh, I couldn't possibly enroll before January because of the holidays. And I said, you know, let me explain to you the type of time commitment working with me, you know, asks for. We're really talking a couple of hours a month to be with me on coaching calls and then your self-study process of going through my step-by-step -step blueprint, which you can do in about 20 minutes a day, a few times a week. And she said, oh my God, I had no idea. I was just thinking of like the teacher training process where I was, you know, for multiple weekends over multiple months, completely out of my house, completely head down, um, you know, and unavailable. And I said, no, this is not that. You know, the teacher training hours-based process is so much information. And what I found is that teachers do not get much out of it. And so I don't do that. That's not my offer to you. And so I really, you know, if you're starting to have the belief that you'd like to work with me in my program, but you don't think you have the time, or in this conversation, you're thinking, oh yeah, might be a good idea. I'll wait until January. Know that when you wait... <laughs> You wait to show up for your students the way you want to show up. Why should they have to wait for you to do that? I mean, honestly, I, I, I talked to another teacher this week who is aware of their limitations and their teaching. And I'm like, how can you be doing this? You need to fix this. This is not optional. You know, and I, and I don't, you know, I, I just, again, part of this is the fire part of this also I can appreciate, which is, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. And that's why so many teachers, when they get to that fork in the road, the one that I'm describing right now, they know they have a problem and they're not sure how to fix it is they just do the knee jerk reaction that most yoga teachers do, which is retake their 200 hour or take a 300 or a 500. And that doesn't usually solve the problem. The problems you may be having, if you're having them, and the problems that I hear yoga teachers talk about, I customize how I work with them to solve their problems, to fix their problems. That's why I work with people one-on-one. -on -one. You're not thrown into a group and you're not put through an agenda. It is structured, yes, but it is customized to where you need help so that you get the results you want. So this is just a shout out to you to put some of that fire underneath you, fire in your belly to make the most of your November and December so that no one has to wait for you to show up anymore, let alone you. You can, you also need to show up in the best, clearest, most confident and authentic way possible for you first more than your students, but they need you to do the work so that you can show up for them the way they need you to show up for them. Uh, now, if you don't know what the problems are and you just don't feel really confident right now, let me know. I can help you uncover what they are. 
Um, so you can always just send me a DM on Instagram and reference this episode and let me know you'd like to hop on a quick call with me and we'll, we'll think through it. Okay. Excuse me. I've never sneezed on my podcast before. <laughs> um, if you've watched my Instagram lately, I am really bullish on frameworks. I've always been, but I've really been going into them a lot more. And what that basically looks like is I'm mapping out different pieces of my teaching method, the momentum magic method, as a way to draw out for you what it looks like to um, achieve certain things as a teacher, to transform as a teacher in different ways, what it looks like to you know, have certain mindset challenges conquered. So I've mapped out a couple of different things. And even though this is an audio podcast, I am going to walk you through a couple of them because they still will work as I explain them. You can always also go to my Instagram and just look for any of the videos in the past two weeks where I'm drawing things out and you'll see it in the notebook. The first thing, and some of these things are little acronyms that might be easy for you to remember that might also inspire you. I mean, the point of this is to give you some, some inspiration. So the first one that I wrote out, or one of the ones I wrote out is what does it mean to believe in yourself as a yoga teacher? And I took the word believe, B-E-L-I-E-V-E, and I thought of different words that match each letter. So believing in yourself as a yoga teacher, the B in that is busting through beliefs that hold you back. And many times as teachers, you know, we're not aware of the beliefs that hold us back, but we're aware of the behaviors that we're doing that we don't want to do anymore. An example is the behavior I want to change is I don't want to have to practice with my class all the time. The belief that I hold when someone like me, when I would be talking to a yoga teacher about that behavior, I would say, well, what's causing you to practice with your class all the time? And you might say, well, I think my students need me to practice with them. Otherwise they won't know what to do. So that's the belief. That's the belief that's driving the unwanted behavior. Part of what we want to do to grow as yoga teachers is bust through beliefs that hold us back. You know, if you're practicing with your class 24 seven and that works for you, fine. I'm not here to convince you, but I know in my own experience and in the experience of teachers I work with that when they get off the yoga mat, the um, impact from them to their students is exponentially increased. How much they love their classes is increased. Their ease of teaching is increased. And for the students, they get to see and hear the teacher so much better. They get customized instruction because the teacher is customizing cues to them. I don't mean at the level of individual people in the class, but the teacher is seeing what's happening. There's a lot more around that. I'll just give you that little nugget. So beliefs come up in a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, so let's just kind of say for this B part, busting through beliefs that hold you back. Now the E is the energy to move forward. And that's what I talked about at the beginning of this episode. I like the way this all dovetailed nicely together, the energy to move forward. And that's really a question that I want you to ask yourself. Do you have the energy 
to move forward? Or are you stagnating? Or are you just accepting things the way they are? Because when you accept things the way they are, or when you listen to some of the narrative stuff out there, oh, it takes a long time to get good as a yoga teacher, or oh, don't worry, it'll get better with time. That's a belief too. Oftentimes things don't get better with time, they get worse because we build the habit. Practicing with class is a perfect example of that. So believing in yourself as a yoga teacher is having the energy to move forward because you know that it's going to build momentum in a direction that you want to go. The L in believe is to laugh at your mistakes. I took a class with my, my good friend, Amy today, and she, I don't know, forgot to say something or forgot to lift the leg in sequence. And she just laughed and we all kind of chuckled or a lot of people didn't even make a noise, but I saw or I experienced that little flub and I love the way she just kept it light. Now, Amy and I collectively have almost 50 years of teaching experience between the two of us, but um, anyone can do that when they laugh off their mistakes. It doesn't, again, doesn't need to be tied to how long you've been teaching. It's a mindset thing. I'm going to laugh at my mistakes. I'm going to keep it light. The I in believe is intuition, not imitation. Intuition, not imitation. You know, let's face it. We all imitated the person that trained us probably for the first couple of weeks. But at some point, I want you to stand up as yourself in front of your class and use your own voice and use your own words and start to develop your brand, your teaching method, your way of teaching, your style, your voice. All of that is what's contained in authentic teaching. Authentic teaching is part of what I teach you how to do when you work with me. And there are not a lot of teachers doing that, at least not the ones that I'm speaking with, because they can feel the gap. They can feel the imitation that they're doing and how that feels to them versus what they want to be doing, which is following their own intuitive sense of how do I want to show up for my students? The E in believe is empowering language and actions. You know, using words like I need to do this or I should do this or teaching a class and then driving home and berating yourself in your mind about, oh, I didn't do that well or why didn't I do that better? All of that that you say to yourself and all of the things that you verbalize to other people, if you complain to your partner about how you showed up for your students, if you complain to friends or other people about how yoga teaching is going, all of that negative wording just continues to build that pattern instead of reframing things and cutting yourself a break and showing yourself self-care and compassion and using positive language. Those are the kinds of actions that empower you in your language so that you can take empowering action rather than just doing like, oh, I guess I'll just retake my 200 hours or, oh, I'll buy a bunch of books or, you know, do these things that I sort of feel are okay, but I know are not going to hit the mark. So E, empowering language and actions. V, the V in believe is visualizing where you want to go. Have you ever done that? I mean, sometimes when I talk to yoga teachers on the phone and I ask them specifically, tell me what your vision is for teaching, they can be super clear about it. You know, I want to open a wellness clinic or I want to work with, with teenagers or I want to teach classes in such and such a place or I want to do a bunch of workshops. 
you know, they have a clear vision. Other times people don't. It's not good or bad. It's just that it's something to think about. Are you usually using visualization to um, help you transform from where you are now to where you want to be? Because part of that transformation is it's kind of like making a vision board. What would be on your vision board? You know, this is the kind of stuff that we want to nurture. We want to sit in meditation and imagine ourselves walking in the room, you know, if it, if it's part of your vision to, to not put a mat down and just walk around and greet your students and say hello and, you know, kind of just walk around as you're teaching, whatever your vision is, I really encourage you to spend time every day in your meditation, spending some time visualizing where you want to go. And then the E in believe is expressing yourself authentically. And we've already talked about that. So what does it mean to believe in yourself as a yoga teacher? Busting through beliefs that hold you back, energy to move forward, laugh at your mistakes, intuition, not imitation, empowering language and actions, visualizing where you want to go and expressing yourself authentically. So that's that one. The next one that I want to do is I want to talk a little bit about I, I drew out another framework and I want you to imagine a brick wall and a path to a brick wall. So obviously <laughs> you're only going to get so far and then you're going to hit the brick wall and what you can almost think of it like the yellow brick road, but in not a good way, there's no Emerald city at the end of it. Instead, there's a brick wall and every tile on the path represents something that's preventing you from moving forward. And over the years of talking to yoga teachers, I have a lot of clarity around what these blocks are. And I wanna share them with you. And as I'm sharing them with you, I want you to tick off as you're listening to me, if any of these are you. So the first one and the most common one and sort of the one that everything ties to is fear. I'm afraid to stand up in front of the class. I'm afraid to use my own sequences and not copy other people. I'm afraid to use my own words. I'm afraid to teach the same sequence from class to class because I think my students will get bored. That's the belief, but we're talking about the what's preventing you. So fear, I'm afraid I'm not qualified enough. I'm afraid they won't like my class, all of that. The next one is doubt. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I have enough experience. I don't think the colleague teachers that teach in the studio, when they come to my class, I don't think they like it. Doubt, doubt's another big one. Other people's opinions. This shows up as constantly asking people for feedback. It shows up as worrying about if, again, other people are in your class, worrying about what they're going to think. Quite honestly, it might even mean worrying about what somebody thinks if they own the studio that you teach at. I mean, on a professional basis, yes, we want to be concerned about that, but we don't need to take any sort of feedback to heart. And I have my own very specific thoughts about feedback, but I'll just leave it there for now. Um, other people's opinions, like your partner, like your friends and family, people that say to you, oh, why are you teaching yoga? Or you know, what do you think you're doing or questioning your passion for teaching it? I hope you're not dealing with that, but I just throw that out there just in case uh, that is happening. I mean, I can even say I had a conversation with Ben and Ben sometimes, you know, he doesn't have the smoothest way in conversation with me and I'll bring up an idea or maybe not so much an idea, just something going on. And he'll just sort of give his opinion and I'll say, you know what, you're not in the arena. So 
thanks, but no thanks. And that's very true. I've talked about this before on other episodes. Teaching yoga is a really specific skill and art. And unless you're talking to somebody who's a teacher, it's really just, I wouldn't even take their opinion. Now, of course, from a business side, if you're talking to somebody who has business expertise and you're sharing with them thoughts about your yoga business, that's different. Uh, another thing is guilt, feeling guilty that, you know, sometimes the way this comes up for teachers that I've talked to is, and this is probably one of the biggest areas, when teachers take hours-based trainings, and they don't feel confident, but they feel guilty if they were to enroll in my program because they feel like they should have learned enough. I've had a handful of teachers who've gotten to a point where they really want to work with me, but they've talked to their husband and their husband has said, oh, you don't need her program because you should be fine with the hours training that you took. And again, not in the arena. So... <laughs> thanks, honey, but no thanks. Like really your opinion doesn't matter. If financially we're partners and that's a conversation we need to have, that's fine. But I'm my own person and you're not me. And I can tell you that what I need is X, Y, Z. And I'm not saying this has to just be coming from my program. It could be from something else. What I'm what I'm advocating for is your higher person in you rather than you attaching to the guilt over what you think you should have learned that you didn't. Because again, you know, recognize that guilt always comes from just our perception of a situation or an experience. And you may not necessarily know the same thing that I know about how these trainings are run and certainly don't have the same scope that I do when it comes to talking to hundreds of yoga teachers. And I can tell you, you know, you are not alone if your experience in an hours-based program was not one that allowed you to come out of it feeling confident and skilled so that you're out there teaching uh, and feeling like you know what you're doing. And this really pertains to people who took trainings and didn't start teaching because they didn't feel ready. They have the most guilt because not only did they pay for the training, but they don't have in their own mind what it takes to start teaching. So they're not in their mind, they're not even teaching. And so they feel like all this guilt because they just didn't apply what they learned. And then I talk to them and you know they can see that I can help them, but they just feel all this guilt to enroll in my program because they figure, well, I should have figured it out with the first program I took. So again, you know, guilt is a feeling that is often triggered by our perception of an experience. And oftentimes it's hard for us to reframe that because we're the person it's affecting. And that's why working with a coach can be so helpful. And again, like I have conversations with teachers, like I've described, and they don't enroll in my program, but at least in the conversation, they can clearly see a little bit better what's going on. And then they always have the choice as to whether or not they want to enroll. Um, the next one, past experiences, this comes up a lot, you know, prevent past experiences, prevent us from moving forward when we use them to reinforce negative beliefs we have about ourselves. This comes up a lot when I talk to teachers about anatomy. Well, it was really hard for me to learn anatomy, so I can't. And that's not true. Again, oftentimes the problem is not you. It's how anatomy was taught to you. 
but teachers don't think that oftentimes. They think it's something about them, something inherent in them that made it difficult for them to learn anatomy. And so that past experience is what in their mind has them check out when it comes to a hope of ever learning anatomy. And so I wanted to share with you, especially as it come as it relates to learning anatomy, you will not experience anything like the way I teach it. And it is time tested and proven with the teachers who have run through my program. And it's a really specific way to teach it. So again, do what you want. I'm just telling you that at a minimum, I don't want you to make that past experience mean something about you and your capabilities to learn anatomy. You absolutely can do it. Um, the next thing is stories. Stories are things that we make up about our experiences. We make them mean something and we tell them over and over again. I was a big person with stories um, years ago, and I've told the story before on the podcast here about how I hired a neuroscience coach. And in the first five minutes of working with her, she said, Karen, just if you're going to stay attached to all these stories, you're telling me about why you don't feel like you're moving in the direction you want to move in as a yoga teacher, just save your money. We should just end this, um, end the session right now. And, you know, my reaction to her statement was one of, oh my God, like if she takes this story away from me or these stories away from me, uh, who am I? Like, how am I going to, how am I, like now I'm going to have to really face what the problem is, which is me, right? I'm the problem, it's me, Taylor Swift. Um, her song, that is. Uh, and that's what stories do. They they get in the way of us taking responsibility, like 100% 100% responsibility for ourselves. And the stories become the way that we, you know, not so much blame other people, but affix responsibility to things outside of us instead of just taking responsibility ourselves for what needs to get done so that we can move in the direction we want to move. And then the last thing we've talked about this earlier is beliefs. The beliefs that hold us back from getting where we want to go as a yoga teacher oftentimes are hidden. Uh, sometimes they're even unconscious beliefs, but working with a coach, someone like me, allows you to uncover what those beliefs are. And they usually start with a conversation around what are the behaviors you have as a teacher? What are the actions you're taking as a teacher that you don't like, that don't feel comfortable to you, that don't feel right to you? And almost... 99% of the time when I have conversations about those sorts of behaviors, what comes up for teachers is they'll use words. And this is that disempowering language we were talking about before, like, well, I need to be changing my sequences all the time, or I need to do that reading after class, or I need to start students in child's pose. Like when we use that word need, it means that there's a perception in our mind that that's a requirement and that someone else is asking us to do that. And that's not true. That's just a belief. Instead, I want you to imagine if you didn't hold those beliefs, you would be free to go in and do what you want. And wouldn't that feel so amazing to show up authentically? And this gets back to what I was saying before about feeling connected to your mission. So one other last thing I want to just run you through 
you know, now that we talked about what's preventing you from moving forward, and again, these might not all relate to you. Uh, and those things were fear, doubt, other people's opinions, guilt, past experience, past experiences, stories, and beliefs. I want to just spend the last five minutes talking here about what motivates you, because what motivates you, I mean, obviously, I don't know for you in particular, I just wrote out a number of things that I hear from teachers motivates them. So they're things like helping a special group of people or um, having passion for sharing yoga, a love of yoga, a love of helping people, wanting to share what benefited you and building a community. These are some of the reasons that people give me when I ask them, you know, what motivates you? So I would love to know what motivates you. So you can always DM me what motivates you. And I can add that to the list because it's a great way for me to just kind of expand my understanding of where you're at and where yoga teachers are at. And remember at the end of the day, you know, I wrote out um, a little schematic that I shared on my Instagram. I think it's in uh, a real format. So it's always going to be there. So you can go back and take a look. Um, I was thinking the other day about the, the stages of connection between me and you. And I know this to be the stages because many of the teachers who end up enrolling in my program tell me they started out listening to me on my podcast or following me on Instagram. So I just want to share what I've observed from um from my conversations with teachers and and you can kind of see where you are. And and it again, it's not designed to encourage you to work with me. You know, the whole working with me piece of the conversation here is all geared towards if you feel you need help, I'm here to help you. And that's my mission. And the way that I help teachers is in my program. So I'm not going to make any apologies for this kind of languaging in this podcast. Matter of fact, one time somebody sent me a DM and she said, your podcast just sounds like you're trying to sell your program. And I don't even, that just, I don't even validate that. That has nothing to do with me. That's how that person perceives it. My mission is crystal fucking clear. And the way that I meet my mission is by working with teachers one-on-one. -on -one. Call it a program, call it mentoring, call it coaching. The label doesn't matter. And I have I mean, this is whatever I said, 264. That means I have 264 hours at a minimum of free training out there in the pod ecosystem, just from this podcast, plus more blog posts. More, I have two books. I have more free videos on it. I have so much free content out there. So I will never apologize for talking about my program because if you don't, you know, want to enroll in my program, you can try to figure it out on your own by just going through just my free content. But I know you're not just looking at mine. I know you're looking at other people. So you have tons of free content out there. And at the end of the day, you can decide what you want to do. So that's my little disclaimer if anything's coming up for you when I mention my program. So anyway, the three stages of connection are watching. You know, a teacher watches my stuff on Instagram or is listening to my podcast. And that's kind of like, oh, I wonder who this person is or wow. You know, sometimes people will write me and they'll say, oh, I just found your podcast and hey, that's pretty cool. And I'm really enjoying listening to the episodes. And that's great. It's like, I don't know them. They don't know me. You know, 
they're kind of out there watching videos on my Instagram and TikTok, listening to the podcast. That's all cool there. The next stage is wondering, gosh, I wonder, like her message is really resonating with me. And I really like her vibe. I really like that. Like a lot of teachers tell me, Karen, you're such a straight shooter. Like you're such just like really clear. And I really like that. That really resonates with me. So there's this kind of wondering, you know, like I wonder what it would be like to work with her one-on-one. -on -one. And then a teacher gets to the point where they're willing. They're willing to find out what's possible because what I'm saying resonates with them a lot. And they believe in themselves enough to use that willingness as a way to reach out to me in the DMs, you know, send me an email, comment on one of my videos as a way to make a, make a, direct connection with me, which usually results in us getting on the phone and me finding out more about them. I mean, keep in mind, not everybody that I talk to is even someone that I can help. There are some yoga teachers who are in a situation that I'm not sure I can help them or they're not teaching yet or something unique. Most of the time, by the time somebody goes through those stages, watching, wondering, and willing, most of the time when I talk to them, they are, they are someone that I can help. Um, but every once in a while, someone has a unique situation and, and I'm just honest with them. I don't, I don't necessarily think you're, you're someone that I might be able to help, or you're looking for something that's not really part of what my mission is. Um, so watching, wondering, and willing, you know, where are you in that paradigm? Where are you in that framework? Um, you can always send me an email or a DM and let me know where you are. And that would just be fun for me to know. So we're going to end this episode here. I hope you found this helpful. Again, if you want to take a peek at some of these frameworks in real life, pop over to the Instagram and you can take a look at them. Any of the things here that I brought up that you have questions on, send me a DM on that. If you are at a point in your teaching path where you want to make the most of the last two months of the year, uh, November and December, I have decided that I am going to, in order to encourage teachers to believe in themselves and move forward, I'm going to add an extra free month of support. My program is 90 days to my program to carry you well past January into February. So if you are interested in finding out more about working with me so that you can take advantage of not only transforming as a teacher, but taking advantage of this one-time opportunity to get an extra 30 days of support. Just send me a DM on Instagram and just include the tagline uh, in your message, extra 30 days. This only applies if you enroll in uh, November because the program's 30, uh, 90 days. So November, December, January, you'll get February for free. November, December, January, you'll get February for free. Imagine... January 1st, you're rocking and rolling, but even before that, getting gains towards the transformation you want to get. So within the first week, within the first two weeks, that's why I call the program the Momentum Magic Method, because one-on-one, -on -one, we're tackling the stuff first, that's your biggest issue, getting you results within the first like week or so of us working together. So yeah, you're going to be with me uh, with this free month through November, December, January, you'll get February as a free month. But within the first couple of weeks, you're going to be getting benefits, my friend. So extra 30 days, send it in the DM. 
I'm looking forward to talking to you in the next um, episode and have a great week this week. And I'll talk to you on the next episode. Namaste. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And as a special thanks, DM me the words podcast offer, and I'll share with you a special opportunity for yoga teachers who are ready to be confident and skilled and drop all the prep time you most likely are doing, getting ready for class, drop practicing with class, and instead do what I call the walk and talk, drop using the same cues over and over, and drop worrying what other people think. If this is you and you're ready to step into your most powerful, authentic way of teaching, just DM me the words podcast offer on my Instagram and I'll tell you how I can help you.